0: Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ona Sullivan, and today's guest on the show is Mango of Mango and Mathman who have just released their debut album. It's called Casual Work and it has been in the works for a number of years. So 2019 gets a punctuation mark right at the end from this album. I think it's great. I think Bread and Butter is kind of the statement introduction to the album and then you're instantly hit with deep blue that features lisa hannigan which is one of the songs of the year instantly one of the songs of the year and if you're living in dublin if you are living in dublin and love the place well this is a love letter to dublin and it'll make you fall in love with the place all over again and if you're not maybe it'll make you want to explore the place check out the video which is great it makes me want to uh, go exploring because i don't i don't know half of the places where mango goes in the video
1: the highs and lows, still the energy lights my soul. But I'm still here despite my woes. You know how it goes—it's the life we chose. You were damp from the start. again it was hard. Dreams are moving on, but it never works when they tear us apart. Summertime and rare form, just another child to care for. Care when there ain't much to care for. Back to the road of the airport, But I couldn't leave you be, I had close to mine, I feel you breathe. I belong in this deep blue sea, I belong in this deep blue sea. Either red light's or red line, blue light's are hard to the sprawl. Give me war with a car, and a star with a know with a name written all in the war. Same old name that you hollered. Looking to the lane where I followed. Looking for some change in the squalor. Where we'll we wave with the saints and the scholars. Another point for your mind to the sands of the strand where we held the hand. She asked me, What's the plan? Said it on what we're going to I need to sleep far hard just to keep you free. You belong in this deep blue sea. You belong in this deep blue sea. there's nowhere blue, away, away.
0: And the rest of the album continues in a similar vein. There's a couple of skits that really kind of focus the mind on where they're at. During the recording of this album, that really makes you feel like you are on a journey with Mango and Mathman. And you've also got a couple of uh, singers along the way. As Mathman says in our chat, there are no other rappers. On the album, but there are singers such as Loa, who appears on the double hit of Lonely Night and Memories. So definitely check out that uh, album. If you haven't already, it's up on Spotify, and they're going to be doing a vinyl release, hopefully just in time for Christmas, so you can put it in your stockings. They haven't announced any gigs as of this podcast going out into the world in mid-November, but I think that there'll be stuff coming in uh, early in the new year, that'll be really exciting because if you haven't seen Mango and Mathman Live, you are definitely missing out because that is an experience. If you're going to other voices, Mango will be DJing with Tara Stewart at the event, but I don't think he's actually playing a Mango and Mathman show. But that is one that uh, I'm looking forward to going and partying at. I can't wait to get back to other voices this year, but we did this interview in a hotel in dublin which at the time because i'm from cork and usually when i go up to dublin i'm just looking for spaces to record um podcasts with people i usually go over to their gaffes but sometimes i meet in town and honestly like the number one place where people say for me to do interviews is the library bar at uh the central hotel which is which is really nice but um i was like is there anywhere else that we can go um and so somebody suggested uh, that we do it in uh, this other hotel which i was like that's kind of emblematic of where dublin is at at the moment that the only other recommendations you can give are hotels there is a little bit of um kind of chatter and background noise throughout this uh interview but i think i think mango stands stands out from the noise as he does like all the time because he does feel like a bit of a spokesman For Dublin at the moment and so having him kind of railing against what Dublin is in danger of becoming or has already become while we're in this pretty fancy Dublin city centre hotel I think like it just felt apt maybe in hindsight. The interview took place on the weekend that the Bernard Shaw was closing its Southside venue after like 13 years, I think. And so the previous weekend, Mango and Man had DJed there. There was this big party and uh, it had all kicked off. So I started out by asking Mango uh, how that show went. And yeah, let's get straight into it. This is myself chatting with Mango of Mango and Math Man in a Dublin city centre hotel.
2: The whole vibe in the night was amazing. My ma came, just sister came. Yeah, my ma was there till one o'clock, so basically we just had all of our mates just do it. My girlfriend, she was DJing, my housemate Paul, he was doing it, and then John was DJing, and then I got on, and it was just like Dublin classics. Like, Fogo was like like math man. Like, he prepared his set. Like, when he has to do a set, like, he was like, right, I've prepared this, like, curated list of, like, stuff that I know how to sing along to, but I don't know what it's called. It's that ingrained in Dublin, because there was no MP3s of this stuff. Like it was just like, oh yeah, you know, like um, Passion by Amen UK and st- like real like hard hairs. And it was just all my I think three songs in when he was on his set, they handed up a microphone and they of beers. And then three songs in, like both of our tops were off, and the whole smoking area was just rocking. And they were like, oh, we-? they were like, oh, you might have to go in at ten o'clock. So we asked them And they were like Nah fuck that Keep it lit And I was like Fuck the neighbours man Do you know
0: what I mean It's a construction site Behind the place So we were just like Fucking let's have at it Let's go Like I started off asking About the Burnin' Shaw Just because like You know The album Casual Work Which uh, is out On November 8th It's like It's very much A Dublin album I think You're very much Like a Dublin Kind of spokesman We might talk about that A little bit But like, how do you feel about the city at the moment? I mean, like, does it just feel like it's it's changing too fast? Like, does it still feel like the Dublin that, I guess, inspired you the past few years? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to
2: sit back and think about this one. Um, it doesn't feel like the same Dublin at all. I wrote Deep Blue um, as a love letter to Dublin, and I don't think I could write that song now. Um and like I don't wanna be so negative and down about this stuff, but it's just like it's more and more things. It's like we did our E P launch twenty seventeen in the complex. That's gone. I walk by it, it's just by Army Bargains down by Greek Street Flats. Like it's just a crater in the ground and it's this and it's that and I just like the whole walk down from the tree arena tonight, I just seen Ronan group everywhere. And it's a dichotomy because At the moment, I've never seen Dublin more kicking with, like, amazing shit. Like, everyone's hustling, from art to, you know, like, film, to bands, to music, like, everything, the place is kicking. We have never had so much more to say and so many ways to say it and so many avenues and, you know, how the country's changing and, you know, being in the capital where there's loads more people, you're going to see more people varying from you know, the usual kind of mindset. Um, And it's really gratifying to see that as someone who stayed during the recession uh, when all my mates went to Perth to, like, in the depths of it to now see, like, okay, and, like, there was nothing going on then. It was just, like, raves. But, like, there was stuff going on. But now, like, people have, like, I don't know, the the hustle has completely changed. So I'm really excited about, like, what the kids, um, what's coming after us. And, you know, just, like, Places in Dublin, I never check to say to think or what how do they feel about things. All of a sudden, they could be on YouTube or they could have a podcast or they could have whatever so i 'm really excited about that, and people are a bit more open to using their voice, but Dublin as a city structurally um, the nightlife, which you know it should get the biggest thank you on casual work um and those raves and all that stuff that, that we've been through and gone to and you know contributed to they, they're not there and like you know where do you go raving now a fucking Japanese restaurant or a French restaurant like why am I listening to techno music in like a Japanese restaurant where they've pushed the tables to a side like that's fucked man but it also will change and inform Dublin but it is moving too fast completely like, we're going to look back on this as, like, we look back on, like, Thatcherite or Reaganism or Reaganomics, like, this, like, quick and fast neoliberalism that, you know, we're like, yep, Juan Leo, over there, sticking it to Brexit and blah, 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 and then, but back home, nobody gives a shit, you know? It gets so transparent now how much we're getting fucked. Do you know, there's no... Like, my dad's age would have, like, been like, oh, sure, look, this is the way things go. We'll walk around it and blah, blah, blah. And it was a bit slower progress. But now we know the sus. Do you know what I mean? We've all been sold the bullshit, and now our parents are gone, don't believe the bullshit, you know? And there's a bit more urgency as well, with climate change and everything. Everyone's like, oh, we don't even have earth that long. So, like, we might as well fucking kick up a stink now. Do you know what I mean? I might
0: not get to me pension age. So I might as well kick it up now, you know. Are these the conversations that you're having with all of your friends as well? It's so hard not to discuss kind of the changing state of Ireland cities. It's not just Dublin. Like oh, Ga- Galway nice. is like really like laden under with tourists and yeah. it's like, what about the locals? Yeah. Cork is Niall 9 on his podcast a couple of weeks ago, his live podcast down in Cork was saying that it kind of feels like Dublin five years ago. Cork yeah, at yeah, the I moment. so like are these the conversations that you're having with your friends and it's just like it's just good to unload sort of thing yeah no yeah it's like it's literally it's every day like every
2: day it's that conversation and it's getting boring but I don't know man like this uh, like you know we do take back the city I'm marching with them and people are fucking shouting at you and You know, the facelessness of it means we don't have a a common enemy. It's conversations every day. And Cork Cork will be exactly the same. Like, anywhere who's in our city and, you know, they're not building any houses. So, anywhere. They're not building any houses anywhere. There's no social housing of, like, okay, there's a big field out here. Boom. Build loads of houses there. Because everyone's scared, like, oh, don't want it to be Ballymun or won't make any fucking money. And, you know what I mean? But, like, like, even today, I've seen, like, down by Coke Lane, down where they keep the horses and the liberties, where, where we shot the fucking Deep Blue video. Like, that's going to be a hotel right beside the football pitches. And I was like, are they not just building a massive hotel on top of Vicar Street right beside it? It just may, it makes you feel like you're unwelcome, and you're like, what are we going to do? Because we're all in rented accommodation, shit scared of these, like,
0: fucking slumlord tenants. You know. Do you think people are still going to emigrate? Like people are still emigrating, but do you think people are going to be driven away from the city? Like young young people as well. And then, like you know, people like you are kind of like the next generation. You know, like who have you know your mates have gone or they've come back or whatever. Does it feel like, jeez, where where are the youth? Where where are the people who are going to bring change? If I was the way I was when I was doing my leaving say it now, I would not stick around the
2: Dublin. You know what I mean? unless you're willing uh, or can afford to go to college to do something in tech or something like this because like there's all this precarious employment you know employment's up it's all zero hour fucking contracts and you know um like having to intern places and all I could never intern there's loads of jobs I should be doing but I couldn't afford to intern or I couldn't afford to just like work for free you know Um yeah honest to god if you do stick around, if any young, younger person at that kind of age, 18, 19, is thinking about it, fucking get out of here. Get out of here. And it's always been that way. Do you know what I mean? My granddad emigrated. My dad emigrated. They came back. But that's Ireland's greatest export, is young people. We train them up, we do all this stuff, and then it's out. Now college is expensive. Back in the day, college was free. So you got this... But the, the, for the young people, I don't know, man. Like, Would you stick around? you were 21 now living in Dublin what what, what's here for you you can't even go fucking raving you can't even buy a gargle after 10 10 o'clock you have to get out of a nightclub at half two smoke's at 18 euro (laughs) like you can't afford a gaff you can't get out your ma's house why would you stay here at the same time for the people who do stay and do believe in it like me and my friends who did stay and did something with it it is extremely rewarding to stick with something You know, it's like looking at a dirty house and being like, all right, we're going to clean it. And one by one, we'll just do the sitting room. And, you know, like, it's like a big... It looks like a big, massive problem. But there's all these small problems. Just break it down. We could fix easily. Like, Dublin City Council, on Bar Planoa, they could stop doing this. No problem. They shut head shops down in a fucking night. Do you remember that? They shut head shops. Uh, Yeah, uh, no, yeah, They're like the one up in uh, Cable Street, like that, that stuff was gone in a day. Yokes were illegal for a day and it was shut down like that. Like, government action can't happen. There's 10,000 people homeless and there's a lot of them who are under five, a lot of them under 10. Kids, like, I still remember the, the picture of those kids sleeping in the guard station. Do you know what I mean? I don't give a fuck what Owen Murphy has to say about that. Look a mother in her eyes and tell her why our kids are sleeping in a guard station. Because you can't do what, social housing. Like wh- How much does that cost you? Okay, you get somebody in the house and guess what? Everyone's stable there, then they get jobs and then they pay tax. But no, it's okay, we've got £13 billion in the in the bank account and you fine.
0: Were you always um, kind of socially driven like this or do you think that it is only Mel's like... <laughs> <laughs> you, a, a spokesperson. Mouthpiece. <laughs> Or or like is it something that's only come to you in the past Like a couple of years Maybe like since, I don't know, the 8th referendum The 8th amendment referendum
2: Yes and no, I've always been No, do you know what, right So what happened, my problem was I didn't give a shit until I was about 21 Right, It was chilling out, it was cool Uh, And then I got And then like, it was like Depths of the recession, like really bad And I was working in a warehouse Building bush shelters and these jobs aren't quite mentally challenging you know i'm after coming out of school i did a one-year plc i was learning every day which i really really loved so to stop me just reading the sun newspaper and watching football i would buy um the newspapers and i'd be really active into the news because at the time news was pretty saucy if you remember like the triker were coming over all that it was very brexit like there was always something new that was happening and Brian Lennon, or Brian Cowan, and it was all this stuff, and it was infuriating because I was in real time seeing the effects of, like, oh my god, these fucking idiots are ruining everything. And now my mate Sean Oak is in Perth. Like, I could see the end result every weekend. I was going to see somebody at their leaving party, and it annoyed me, but then I got activated. Like, my mum would be very much like that. My mum used to bring me to the water protests as well. Um, but I just think the more. I've always been a bit of a fucking mouthy prick. Even in school, I was like, you know, that's not right, you know what I, mean? I always stood up and whatever, I'll take the brunt of it, which has not helped me in my life a lot. But I've always kind of... I, I don't regret it, being like that, do you know? Um, and then the more, I suppose, that I get a bigger, I don't know, like, um, audience or a profile, or whatever shit you want to call it, with music, I think you owe yourself... And the people that I respect who are bigger like that, who are given the microphone and use it right. Like everyone remembers Emma Kerwin going on the Late Late Show, running the skinny to fucking tubs. Do you know what I mean? I was like, absolute dead right. Like, even for that, like, this is how, you know, it's ingrained in me for me. mom. I did a gig in the GPO for District Magazine in, yeah, last year, and Kerwin was there, and my mom, before I went up, was like, can you remind everybody that there's effectively a fucking soup kitchen outside? So we can all sit in here and salute, you know, the revolutionaries who said, fuck this shit. But we're all inside having a free drink while there's people outside feeding their children f- free bread. So that's kind of what I'm getting in one ear. And then the other thing is living in town or when I was living a thing Finglas, like you could just see like the actual effects of news. And if you don't say it, because when I talk about it to people, some people don't know about that shit. And also I get Talking to people Who know more than me And I learn So much more And it How can I not make you angry You know
0: This city is really A have and have not city Now You know Uh, Maybe We'll try and Edge towards The music You've talked about it A couple of times um, Like the raving they used to do like where where was it happening was it just happening in like the ghost estates in like anywhere that you could find it and and when was it happening
2: yeah there was a lot of ghost estate stuff but it was more like industrial estates so you have your bluebells uh glass nevin tallade some in town or like you know you get places like Light or um you know Mabos, or like just these places where like that They were gutted out And you know There was nothing being used And you could rent the place and Or even like Just places like The Twisted Pepper The like, Twisted Pepper Was v- crucial for me It was um, Kind of like Starting on like The genesis of Raving beyond Sitting in like A nightclub That's under a hotel You know Blue lights Jaeger And, and Red Bull Kind of shit nights I was going into The Twisted Pepper And like Seeing techno Or like Drum and bass Or like Whatever that was the first thing that was opened my eyes so the, the Raven but like Matman, like he as much as I'm ingrained in Raven and Nightlife and all that Matman is the oh, like he's the G in this stuff like he's doing this he's like club residency since he was like 15 in big clubs in Dublin you know when the academy was called Spirit when the bouncers used to wear all white out the front, it was—I re- swear to God, yeah—it was like Ministry of Sound, it's all trance and stuff like this. Like you know, yeah, he used to go up to Abbey Discs and he used to get the A bag. You know, like you have your record pulls, he used to get the A bag off Billy up on Abbey Discs and uh, Abbey Records, and uh, like he—he's ingrained in this stuff. Like he lives and breathes this. So, yeah, and like. I just know how formative that was in a great way for me to go all over the city and meet people from all over even ireland and even all over different countries because you know it doesn't matter where you're from what you're doing in a rave it's like you kill cool. and if you're cool and you love the tunes and then all of a sudden those smoking areas and the smoking band gets you talking and those things are really crucial and that's what informs the music hugely
0: and is that what made you think of, like, getting into the music as well? Or was, were you always thinking about it along the way, like, I want to do, like, this? I mean, like, what were your early influences and were they informed by, like, the Twisted Pepper?
2: Um, no, I, I knew I wanted to be a rapper since I was, like, in my early teens. I used to get the shit kicked out of me for being into rap music. I so, said, what are you listening to that up? black music for? And all, like, you know, like, really all that shit. Um, but my mom used to have, like, Tupac in the car or, like, Arrested Development or Data De Soul and tapes. So hip-hop and rap music and soul and reggae and disco was all just in my house. And I couldn't sing, and I still can't sing. So I was like, well, I really want to write music, and I, I'm brutal at singing, so what can I do? And also I'm, like, heavily into rap music. So that's what got me on the rap kind of scenario but the raving i suppose is kind of informed where we've taken it do you know that way like i always knew i wanted to do this but instead of me making boom bap or just trap or drill or whatever it was more informed by a a club setting
0: and so like the animators was kind of the first band was it that you were in band hip-hop collective group crew Um, like, do you think that that was kind of integral as kind of showing you the ropes of what it was? Because, like, I, I, I don't I don't remember you at all. Right. I don't know. I don't know if it just like wasn't wasn't my scene at the time yeah. or something like that. But, um, like, what was it like then? Did it feel like very new and kind of like it didn't have quite as clear pathways? Maybe rap music, hip hop music has now in Ireland.
2: No, it definitely didn't have a clear path. There was no playlists. There was no algorithms. There was no streaming services. We were it was like 2013? Yeah, it's like uh, I started in that when I was two thousand and eleven, two thousand and thirteen, and yeah, it did. It showed me the rubs completely because before that, I was just rapping to myself, made one or two tracks, but didn't really didn't fucking you know. I was going up to like a mad gaff up in the comb. To this Sri Lankan dude with my mate, who, he was like, Oh, I have a studio, and it's like a mic in his apartment. And you're like, You're 18, and you're just like, Yes, fuck it, a, a microphone, anything. You know, I can do, I don't know how to make a record, but I know how to rap. So let's do that. And then you learn how to, like, you know, ad libs. And you're like, What are ad libs? And you're like, Oh, there's these bits in between raps, so you go, Hey, or whatever this shit, you know? So all that, and then cut my teeth live, especially in the Sugar Club. And I was definitely not on your radar because. Ninety percent of anybody covering a music, it was it was like laughable to talk about Irish rap music. It'd be like talking about Irish donk music now or something. Do you know, like something that kind of like really? Do you know what I mean? Um, but the anime is, I have to say, maybe it was in a sweet spot where people don't remember because it was just before things really kind of kicked off, really kind of knocked down doors that people didn't realise we're holding up Irish raps. You see rappers in now and they're like, we have this, we have that, we have this. And I'm like, yes. And also, to be fair, there was a lot of people that knocked down doors for me beforehand. You know, people have been making rap music in Ireland since I was born. So, like, people had knocked down doors. But the animators really kind of put it to... We had a class watch who did the art and the visuals, and, you know, we took it seriously with singers. I think we might have been one of the first, like, multi-racial crews, too, as well. It was very, um, it was avant-garde, but very classic hip-hop. And we used to do a lot in the Sugar Club, and because a lot of people were like, oh, Irish rappers on the support, for fuck's sake. Shout out to Mark Murphy putting us on all the time. And you've been in the Sugar Club, you know, so you have, like, the booths where it used to be a cinema, it used to be the IFI, so they have these booths, and then they have, like... The dance floor But we'd always be on Like on an early show So as a support group You'd be on At half seven or eight o'clock What Irish person Do you know is dancing At half seven or eight o'clock At a hip hop gig No one Especially the Irish rappers So when And back then So when we used to do it And we We started off Nobody would be dancing And then a, a year or two later We'd know how to work a crowd So nobody knows How to work a crowd Like someone who's worked Bad rooms for years because you learn the tricks that people fucking go, yes, I will dance that now. So rap music now is like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that whoever starts to decide to rap tomorrow ha- doesn't have to do any of that fucking shit. They can just be like, right, I'm going to get my mate who has a video camera. I know how to get him to Spotify. i got Spotify for artists. They know what AWOL is. They can go onto YouTube They can get, you know... Um, videos on how to do this this and this i'm so glad and then there's no stigma to it because we were putting in the work like we were speaking of the bernard shaw we had murals outside the fucking bernard shaw of us back then you know what i mean and we used to have to say and we used to have this sticker like parental advisor you know that kind of black and white one used to be warning dublin accents because people were like
0: oh what the fuck and now it's just like a of course, you rap in say, right? so yeah, it's completely different. I do think kind of the rise of Irish rap is one of like the defining like music stories of the decade for Ireland. You know, like fo- folk and trad music and yeah. and rap music as well. Like, do you think that it's is is there one moment or one act that you can point to that kind of changed it, or do you think it is just kind of the you know? likes of you guys, the likes of Messiah Jane, The Expert, who went first, and um, maybe some of the later guys. Like, uh, is, is there one moment that you can point to that kind of changed people's perception of it? The fact that it's getting played on the radio now as well, and it's like, it doesn't seem like a big deal that, like, that's an Irish rap song on the radio.
2: I'd love to say, yeah, there was this one gig, like that Sex Pistols, Manchester, we were all there, and then we all just went off and became millionaires and fucking kicked it, but no, it wasn't. It was chipping away at a wall and people have asked me what was the one defining moment and there there wasn't you know there was you know Mac man you know working the radio putting everybody on I might have been digital radio but putting everybody on Um, I, I feel like collectively the standard of music got so much better around 2013 14 and then 2015 to 2016, when I started doing like Badman and stuff like that, I started to know the people coming into the game at the same time I was. Again, like I was coming back to it, where on a different thing they were so much more freer and open, and just didn't have that like scarletness about them. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what the, I don't know what the moment was, but it was just like, oh, he's cool, oh, he's cool, or yeah, it was just it was gigs where there was support acts on or, like, you know, we did, like, the Complex for our Wheel Up EP. It's 260 people in that room, right? It's not huge, compared to, maybe it's, like, less than upstairs in Grand Social. But everybody who leaves that is, like, oh, that's a fucking thing. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, I don't know, there was, like, this whole com- conflation after recession of just kind of, like, yup, Mon Ireland. There was a memification of Irish culture there was like, humans to the session, there was a bag of cans, there was rubber bandits, there was, you know, <laughs> McGregor at his time when everybody was still behind him, you know, on ESPN, talking like me, going, here we you, shoot up, you do doing nothing. Like there was a whole kind of, we don't have to be embarrassed about ourselves. And you know, we got rid of, we got equal marriage and for anyone. it was just a young buzz. And there was more of a look inwards, instead of going, we have to get England to like me. You know, I know it used to be what rappers do was like, oh, I'll do a support slot, and some English rapper is gonna like hold my hand all the way to the top, and it's like, no, they don't, because when you get up to a certain level, you realize you haven't fucking clue what's going on, and you can't help people do that too. So when people start looking to America and stop looking to England for a ladder up, and started saying, why don't we just invest in here and what we have, because there's actually great stuff here, I think that. Mentality change That was a changing point But I don't think It was a gig Or an album Or an artist I think it was All of us Working really hard For nothing
0: And what about um, The change Like for yourself From going to The animators To Mango and Mathman What was the What was the kind of Timeline like In that And like How, how did the animators Stop Was it kind of like Just a, a natural End Or was a <laughs> <laughs> Go on <laughs>
2: No, we all just got absolutely sick of each other. Um, Five lads in a group who all wanted to do different things. Like, I was the youngest in the group by, like, a long while. So all these guys had been rapping for years and had seen, like, the animators was the greatest return on their art that they'd ever seen. And it was completely unsustainable. Like, even now people are, like, there's really big rappers in Ireland. But, like, it's a handful who are sustaining themselves off music. So kind of get tired as you get a bit older, especially if it was still 2013 and there was no... Um, me, Adam, and one or two of the other guys were doing most of the work. And uh, me and Mathman, we wanted to do a solo project ourselves from the jump. We were wheel tang it, as in, like, we do the album and then everybody has their own little solo thing where we can... And I always, me and Mathman, we just, like, we clicked on, like, You know, I remember, like, a UK Garage song came on, a grime, and I was like, are you into this? And he's like, yeah, are you? Because, like, being into grime back then was like, this is when grime wasn't cool. This is, like, grime was cool and then really uncool, and everyone was just like nosebleed dubstep, and we were still on, you know, grime and UKG and, you know, just bass music. And it was called Casual Work from the start. Like, from then, I was like, it's called Casual Work. Um, So me and him just kind of, like had that thing where we lo- like even on the animators, there's one song called Play It Cool and it's a grime rhythm and he gave it to all the boys and all of them were like, uh, I don't know, uh, it's mad fast. And I was like, gimme that. Da. Gimme that. Da. Uh, all the mad experimental shit of the fastest of gimme that. And then after the animators, we had a big bust up in the Grand Social, again, in the green room. We had a fucking absolute tear at each other. It was, oh, it was more than it was. Uh, no comments. No, no. No, was, no, it wasn't. No, scratch. No, it was just a hollow.
1: You're a fucking bollocks. Fuck you. I've never seen her, All that
2: shit. And we we're supposed to play like live festival like the next week, and I was like, ah. Oh. No, I was going away. I was going away to Manchester with my girlfriend to go to Park Life, and I said because I, you know, a couple of lads had tried to leave. Fuck this! I got a kid. Or fuck this! I'll do my own album. And I'd always because like the animators was all I had. So I would always bring them back, but no, man, no, man, come on, come on. i bring people back, and eventually I just got sick of being kind of like, a oh, mammy nearly, of kind of like, oh, no, it's okay, run back. It'll be it'll be all right. And I was going away to Manchester, and I was just like, listen, lads, I'm going away for a week. You guys sort out your differences. Because I was cool, kind of, with everybody. I said, you just sort it out. I'm come back, it'll be grand, blah, blah, blah. But I came back, and there was nothing else. I just divvied up the money and. I got drawn together at the name of the album tattooed on me and I was like right that's it but when Matt's man was giving me he used to collect some of the money for some of the gigs so did I so I had to I had to grab all the money and then divvy it out to everybody at the end that we had in the the kitty we were like "All right, if it's over like you know everybody take your piece and go away Um, and he came up to me job and he handed me a few hundred quid there in in, in the love and I was like um, by the way are we still good for the album and he was like oh yeah 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 I was like oh thank fucking Jesus um, and then I didn't for ages because I just went drinking for like a year and a half um, and a bit of rock kind of like twisting my arms kept back in the studio and we started doing that and we started doing classic hip hop kind of sounds like, and I kind of turned around to Fogo and I was like man there's no point doing what we've already done you know like we love all that weird shit we love the heavy stuff that nobody else does. Like, let's do that. Like, I've always been a, a kind of guy of like, if somebody's doing one thing, there's no point doing it. Do something. Like, you know, my Go My Man, Man record, like, compared to Jafar's record or, you know, a, a Teddy Rex record or wh- whatever. You'll know the difference. So, yeah. I was like, yeah, do you know what? Let's go for that. And the more the beat packs he sent me, the more wee transfer links I got, like, the harder and heavier the beats got. And that was how we turned into that it, initially it was just mango it wasn't mango or Matman. it was just mango and then after a while i was like hold on you're doing like half the work and you're doing more work than i am in some aspects of it like why would you not have your name there like you are a part of this and like, we're best mates like it's not the mango show i'm not that with my ass i was like no we're both here on stage you know so that's when it became Mango, Man, I think.
0: Was it that time period that the skit on the album comes from? Give me a call, where where Mathman is is literally calling you and he's saying like, I think we can really make a go of it, and like it sounds like he's kind of like desperate. Was it was it around that time?
2: Yeah, it was. It was before of Rock brought me into the show though, um, because Fogo was uh, like <coughs> sorry, uh, Mathman has about like four different names to me, so I'm just gonna call him Adam Fogo or Mathman or whatever in this. Um well, he was sending me beats. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to write to this and do that. And basically what happened was uh, I finished this course in college. I was supposed to go on to further, but I couldn't because they fucked me over or whatever. So I lost my education. And then a girl I was going out with for about three years. And me and her broke up. It wasn't nice. Um so that happened. And then there was a couple of deaths in my family. And then like my job that I was working in, that went down the tubes. And pretty much a, a correlation of all of those things sent me into, like, depression. But I didn't know what depression was. And I didn't, like, it's not like now where everyone's like, you know, you see it in hot press. And it was like, oh, have a cup, you know, a cup of tea of lions and we can all talk about mental health. Like, no, nobody would explain this to me. It was all just like Irish manship. Just push it down. And don't talk about it. Especially when you're around the boys. Don't talk about it. So I was in really bad way And he kept being like You better fucking book up I'm giving you I'm working like this And you're not doing this Because he's seen potential in me You know And I just didn't Respond to it Because I was scared Of being on my own I was scared of like You know In, in the animators It was just like oh, I'll have one verse And we get to just rap all about Like a theme of a song Or whatever But I knew if I was Just me and a record I ha- I would have to tell Who I am And I was so I don't know, there was so much, like, macho, bravado, like, tough guy shit that, like, I wasn't, do you know what I mean? And I had to just gain a bit of courage and kind of sort my head out. And, um, and going back to the studio helped me. I really felt, because at the time, I'd given three years to a group, and, like, I had nothing to show for it, except a few photos on Facebook where I was like, oh, I remember that. Do you know what I mean? Like, so... I was like, what am I busting my ass for? Do you know what I mean? Like, it got me nothing. All the sacrifices I had made for the animators had led me to this point now where I had nothing. So I was like, why the fuck am I going back to rap? Like, nobody cares about this in this country. Nobody cares about us. And I'm just some scanger on a microphone with glasses and red hair. And I didn't have any value or worth in myself. And we had a big fucking Barney one night at a Maverick Cyber gig. And I realised, I looked at the stage and i seen a big fucking full-out academy and Ireland flags, and loads of Irish hip-hop lads there, because Maverick, you know, he, he fucks a load of Irish rap, rappers, like, you know, seriously, you know. Um, and I was looking at the bar and I was looking at the stage and I was like, I want the stage more than the bar. Because it was just, like, going out drinking, riding, taking at and just to kind of numb, like, whatever I was feeling, because I didn't know how to deal with it. And then, I know it's not cliche to say, but, like, actually writing music and getting it out, was like this really positive way for me to like release this shit inside me in a good way. And then I was like, all right, so I don't have to like go out from Friday to Sunday and drink and go raving and take a load of yolks to kind of numb my pain. And I was going out with like people who weren't even my mates sometimes just to be like, oh, I'll go over a point, blah, blah, just so I wasn't at home by myself. And uh, that's a really slippery slope. But I had, you know, really good mates and brothers like, you know, Adam and and, and Richie who like really. Name me in and say, look, man, you got you got a mic, you got a thing, go for it, Do you know.
0: And I mean, obviously, it's paid off, you know. Like you've got you've got your rewards, or you're just about to get them. You know, the release of this debut album. But yeah. first time that uh, I saw you was supporting Russ and Gano family in Cypress Avenue in Cork. Yes. I think it was I think it was the release around the release of uh, the Wheels Up yeah. EP, and like oh, yeah. it it was kind of like that sugar club thing at seven thirty. Yeah, it was yeah, like, man, there was a there, there weren't a lot of people there. It was a tough gig. But then, like, I was just thinking of it in terms of like, twelve months later, you were playing to a Jammers, uh, other voices tent. <laughs> twelve <laughs> yes. months later, now you're you're just about to release uh, the debut album. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you you worked the empty rooms and stuff for years and years and years. Did it, did it feel like it's it's gonna come? It's you know, we just stick at it and it's gonna come. Like, w- was there a moment in 2018 or something where just like. You know, you get all of the crowds and stuff. I just tried to click my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it <just didn't> work. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: hold on for the record. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was mad. Like, you know, we were doing bits, um, bits and bobs up into the Russ and Gano thing. I just think that was a bad night in Cork, to be honest. Because, um, like, every Russ and Gano, like, even Choice Music Awards, like, those are my brother. Especially God knows, man. Like, he's my heart and soul, Murray as well. He's just like the best people. But yeah, it was. It was empty rooms, but it was just like, all right financially this isn't going to do anything for me but what it's doing for me is worth more than any financial thing that I can get do you know what I mean like the reward I get and the respect from my peers and people who like and what it is and the more we were rapping the more we were doing gigs the more Ireland was accepting what I was doing and you know I don't want to sound like I'll be on arse it was like it was records that we were making that were making people kind of go ah actually like Irish rappers are okay because you know I do believe in what... I'm not just like, oh, we just make records and people just seem to like it. No, fucking, like, I work my fucking ass off and so does Mathman to make really good music that we like. First and foremost, that's what we like. And, yeah, 2018, it just started, just like, swinging up and up. But, like, we did Other Voices, 2017, first, and it was in, like, Nelly Fred's and it was, like, just little fucking... It was popping. It's good, but then to come through to other voices the next night, which was next door to Nelly Fred's in, like the big, it was like a big, it was like a farmhouse or whatever it is, and like fucking war zone. Do you know what I mean? It was a war zone. Like that that picture that Tara Thomas took of me, like when you talk about them, like everyone crowd, uh, like all the crowd just getting on stage and shit like that. It was like, like and that whole summer I'd hit like every festival. I think I I didn't play like all together now. And that was it. But the reason I didn't do All Together Now was because I was playing two festivals that day. Because there's, like, three on it that weekend or something like that. Yeah, yeah, So I was doing... I was, like, Independence and something else. So I was, like... We we just had this fucking mad year. This is about an album. This is about five songs out to our name. But just a really good live show. Like, the f- 2017, we did all this, like, festivals on mate stuff. Like, Emma Kirwan booked us for, like, this, like, poetry tent in... Body and Soul There was benches For people to sit down And people were like Fucking the benches out On the ground I Someone waving their crutches In the air And all. I was mad In a poetry tent In Body and Soul So basically we were like If you're gonna give us Like a foot in the door I'm gonna give you The fucking best show You can fucking get And we just, just Riding high Just keep going Good live shows That whole year Was fucking mad And then we just Stepped back And just finished Everything of the album It is It's weird now Where I am Do you know what I mean It is Like I don't know Like as much as I love them And they're very helpful Streams and plays And counting You know How much Like Because if, if you look at your plays It's like That's how much your art, your art is worth But it's really not Do you know what I mean Like that Song Might be like I've met people who are like Oh I yeah, listen to your channel to kill But like somebody will come up to me And be like That song's the greatest song I've ever heard And I love that shit So it's It doesn't matter about the, the racks and the numbers, I've made a really good album that I'm really happy about and I'm really proud of with my best mate. And that's what matters to me. The The things that come with it are blessings, you know. And things like Other Voices really help. Like those guys are fucking best. I love Other Voices, man. I'm actually going this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More Guinness. You yep. <laughs> up?
0: Uh, so, casual work. We're finally there. You said that uh, you've had it from the start. Uh, like, is, it the, is the album now totally different to what it was at the start? And like, was it constantly changing? Was there just a point where you were just like, we have to just stop and put it out?
2: No, I kind of fucked myself, right? Because I was like, yeah, I'm going to have this album called Casual Work And the album that I had, was like six songs in, and then we were like, we kept making tunes and kind of going, oh, that's about two steps up from everything on the album. I'm going to figure out what we want to say and what we wanted to do. And, you know, there was moments like when I did the bread and butter Palm that Math was like, that that's, that's going on the album. And there was one or two tunes, like, you know, Bad Man, that's not on the album, or What Are You Saying, or, like, Rap It, like, these tunes that we put out that got really good reception, we were like, that's not the album. Um, We were very conscious of making big, not a big statement, but, like, an album that, like, says something instead of, like, here's ten tracks of, like, cool tunes we like. Because that's a mixtape, and hip-hop, where we come from, it's a mixtape, that's an EP or whatever like that, an album to us, like, we look at the greats of like, Kano, you know, Made in the Manor, like these, these albums that take you somewhere, and, you know, leave you somewhere, and make you think about things, that's what we wanted to do, so, there was a point where it wasn't working, you know, it was just a collection of tunes, and then we made like, three or four songs, and we were like, alright, they're definitely staying, so it was Staples, and then it was like, okay, it was like building a bridge, it was like, okay, that's your start, that's your end, This is like two in the middle and then we were just like it wasn't like oh well how do we fill these we just kept making there's lo- There's so many songs that we've made that are not on casual work and then we built this kind of arc and story of like growing up that kind of years of your life when you're like 21 22 you know where all of a sudden you're not a young flair you're not a man man but you're getting there and there's always that big switch in people's lives it's like that years when you start to lose like instead of having like 30 like close mates you have like six or five do you know what i mean so it's about you know love loss all that stuff but it's about just kind of growing up around here um and those are the albums that i love like you listen to some of the albums that i've always loved it's about growing up there or a moment in your life and i didn't want to do the cliche debut album thing of like Here's where I was born and everything up to my life up until this point. I was like, no, I've had a mad two, three years. That's an album. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll get to that other stuff eventually.
0: Is it a totally independent release? Like, are you doing it completely off your own back?
2: On our own label. On our own label. I have a manager. I have two agents. who book us and that's it. Everything we do is by ourselves always and has been from the start. Now, tell, tell you this, though. I probably do need a manager. <laughs> because like the work is crazy yo shout out if there's any hustlers out there come at me but like but it kind of makes it all the more sweeter for the fact that I didn't come choose some machine you know when people are like oh yeah we're independent and they're fucking not do you know what I mean like it's like we're really like the two of us are like whatsapping all the time email threads all that stuff and you know between the two of us we can do a lot of it you know I might not make a lot of money if that's what you're going for with music But I might not make a lot of money, but all the money I make is mine. And ownership and all that stuff, that's you know, it's key for us. It's all us, no label. It's coming out, you know, we're being helped out with IE Music in London for distribution and stuff like that. But these are, you know, relationships that we've built from you know, even even our agents, like they're they're my girlfriend's two best mates. They were just at the show and they were like, Okay, you're getting really busy right now, like how can we help? It was all natural Progression so, but in terms of like label management, blah blah, PR press, and all that stuff, like this is not handed to us. Everything that we've given, that's why I don't count streams because it's not like okay, I could get a million on a major label, but like who really cares about me? But those like 60,000 that just hit my shit on a week, like they care about me, do you know what I mean? Or they care about it, or they not care about me, but those 60,000 this week who play my tune. They found it, they liked it, and they listened, and they're into it. So it's about finding your tribe and saying, like, this is for us. You know, it's Irish rap music, man. It's, it's not very mainstream music, do you know what I mean? It's not pop stuff, you know.
0: I guess we'll talk about Deep Blue, which is the lead single, and it's like it's got this really, really great video they've done, and it's also got Lisa Hannigan, who is like a pop singer, and I think she, I think she's like one of the most underrated singer-songwriters. Black. Um, how did she come on board? Did you have to convince her? Did you know from the start that it was That's Lisa Hannigan That's got to be Lisa yeah, Hannigan yeah. who's singing it
2: I wish we had the foresight for that No, yeah. the, the chorus was actually written By a friend of ours called Yasmin Seki. She kind of doesn't want to do music anymore uh, She's a fantastic singer So everybody who sings on the album There's no other rappers, It's only singers um, Everybody who sang a chorus Wrote the chorus Right? so we were like okay if you want to sing you, you contribute to this we don't bring you just except for Lisa who you know sang this chorus basically Liz, Yaz was like I don't really want to do music she's very shy she's an amazing singer amazing songwriter but she didn't really want to do more music and um, Paul from Bell X1 he hit us up for a show in the National Concert Hall and we did that uh, it was called Imagining Ireland we did it with Loa and uh, Stephen James Smith and you know like a host and Crash Ensemble who were featured throughout the album and on Deep Blue and um, so Yaz is very shy and definitely wasn't up for like performing in a sold out national concert hall and Paul had said in the email oh we'd love everybody to collaborate with each other and Matt was like see that Lisa Hannigan I was like yeah he's like oh, I'm going to sing a song I was like yeah and you're shy and he says watch me and trust me now he, he was like Lisa Hannigan's here and I was like no way just get to be on stage with her do you know what I mean I was like fucking hell so we did the tune and then we brought it over to the Barbican in London and we just got pals you know there was a lot, there was good Irish crew over there you know Saint Sister were part of it as well we were all just pals and eventually um, Matt Mam said like right I'm going to try and get Lisa for the record and I was like yeah nah, like again no way, no, she's going to be, yeah, hold on, I'll just go on to an independent Irish rap music release. I was like, this is fucking Lisa Hannigan, bro. And she was like, yeah, absolutely, I love this song. Totally, no problem. She's fucking best. She was like eight months pregnant when she recorded it as well. So, like, the baby was in the booth and everything. It was fucking brilliant, but, yeah.
0: And so what are your plans, goals, hopes for... Uh, The album Is it just kind of like What will be will be Or are you just kind of like You've got in your head You know like We we know what we want to do with it
2: Um, No I'm not really I'm not really like Trying to get Like a number one album I'd love a number one album And we work hard And we hustle for it To go there But at the same It's not like Oh I've just made an album Here it is guys And then I'll walk away Absolutely not We've been working on this For so long That we want to give it the best opportunity The best chance it can get um, But you, after you make an album You're just like As much as it's our album It doesn't belong to us anymore When you listen to it That's what you feel with the album You know it's I, I just really hope you Or whoever Connects to the album Like I've connected with albums that I've loved Because The 20 quid I used to pay for like CDs and HMV It's negligible for how much some of the albums I've bought have given me in my life, like original pirate material or Aquemini, or some of these albums that I'm like, I have this for life. Like this has informed me. So that I just hope people fucking like it. I hope people dance. I hope people come to a show and just get into it. And if they don't, great. If I went number one on a fucking Billboard Top 100, a one Shardan, I'd fucking love that because my back hurts from unloading pallets. Uh, but, yeah, if it doesn't, like, it's not determined anymore. I don't think I'm as ready to give up as I was back in the day. Do you know what I mean? I'm a bit more like, all oh, right, right,
0: yeah, let, let, let's go for this, you know. And so, finally, you've had this album title uh, since you started. What, what's the next album title? Do you have that? <laughs> um, do you have that as well?
2: I'm actually thinking about it uh, for a while. I don't know, because we're working on new music. Because um, you have to, because, like, of course. Um, I've named everything even from the animators. I've named every project. Not every song, but I've named every project. i sketch, trying to get a wheel up casual walk. I haven't it yet. But it's weird, like even the name of casual walk doesn't kind of like, I've just sat with it so long and I've called it casual walk. I don't want to change it now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Casual work
2: two. Casual work two. Even more casual. <laughs> the Chino section. Um, now casual walk's about casual walk shirts. That album mates and all of us were on. One like that man in that album, you know, especially at the start of the album, I'm really thankful I'm not him anymore. But that was casual work sites, you know, your exes and I going to the doll working, going to the doll working, all that kind of stuff, and it also became like a, a reference for doing the album because we have to work full time jobs, and then also. Go into a studio and do all that all week and stuff like that so I don't know what the next one's going to be called but it'll be funny do you know what I mean it'll be something good I don't know I'm, I'm good you might think I'm a shite rapper but you gotta admit I'm good at naming projects so if you're stuck if anybody's listening to this now if you're stuck for a name for your album or your EP or something like that holler at me paypal.me forward slash mango dazzle we'll get it going, trust me.